Do you feel stuck charging low prices for your work? Do you feel like people around you just don't ever want to pay more than you're asking for? In fact, they don't even want to pay the prices that you're pitching them? Well, that may be because you are stuck thinking about yourself and pitching yourself as a freelancer. If you want to charge higher and higher prices, those premium prices that everybody's talking about, then you need to evolve from a freelancer into an expert. Today, I want to talk about the three main differences between freelancers and experts. You're listening to the No BS Agency Podcast. We talk strategies that can take your one to two person branding agency from $5,000 to $30,000 per month without hiring employees or working your ass off. All you have to do is cut the BS. I am Pia Silva. First, freelancers are really hired hands. They're hired to execute a client's vision. Freelancers bring a skill to the table. So you might be a great designer or you might know how to do website coding or you might be a good copywriter. So a client hires you to execute that skill because they don't have that skill. But they are largely the one that has the project vision in mind. They're the ones that are telling you exactly what they need you to do. That's what a freelancer does. Experts, on the other hand, are hired to actually guide the process. Experts have the same skills you have, but they are also being brought on to help figure out what that vision is. Experts help their clients create a plan, and then they execute it. Second, freelancers usually believe that they're being hired to do whatever the client wants. The client is always right, so you try to do whatever the client is asking of you. And you're not wrong. The freelance client relationship is usually more of an like an outsourced employee relationship, right? The client is hiring you to do this project and they largely are the ones who are managing it so they know what they want to get out of you. And your job is to try to execute as that. On the flip side, experts are hired for their ideas and their point of view. So experts are really hired to speak up. The more you're able to speak up and actually disagree with the client, actually, the more valuable you are. Experts are not yes men. They are there to make sure that they help the client go in the right direction toward their goals. And if they believe that the client is going in the wrong direction, it's their job, it's their duty to help set that client straight or at least bring it up. And third, because of these two things, Freelancers are usually paid on an hourly rate, whereas experts are able to charge based on value. The reason being, if you are executing and you're just doing a skill, there's an hourly rate for that, right? There's an amount of time that it's going to take you and you are going to be paid for that skill, again, much like an outsourced employee. If you are an expert, that's strategic thinking. The expertise that you're bringing to the table that allows you to help a client parse out their vision, create a plan, steer the client in the right direction, help them figure out what is going to get them from A to Z. All of that is worth a lot more money. And it's not based on how much time it takes in that project to execute. It's based on the years of experience that they bring to the table. This is best exemplified by the whole logo process. So I had a client recently who came to us and they said that they wanted a logo, a new logo for their company. And they had been wanting a new logo for a very long time. And 
this is also somebody who's a friend of mine. So she had been telling me about this for a long time. And, you know, we don't do logos. So I didn't even suggest that we help her. And over many months, she had tried different things. She had hired a designer here and there. She had gone to 99designs and some other crowdsourcing logo or maybe 99 signs is it, I'm not sure. Got lots of crowdsourced logos. And she kept saying, oh, they're just not it. This is not right. And can you guys please do it? And I explained to her that we don't do logos as one-off projects because in my experience, logos are something that are part of a brand. And especially for service businesses, which is who we work with, it's very hard to see the vision of a logo or approve a logo even when you don't have a brand surrounding it. Because what are you even making a decision on? Anyway, I explained this to this potential client and I said, the the only way that we would be able to do a logo for you is if we rebranded your company. And by the way, you could kind of use that. And she agreed. And so we ended up doing this big brand up project instead of just a logo, which is what she originally came to me for. In that process, we completely rebranded her company, and then we did our logo presentation. Now, does Steve make great logos? Yes, he's a great logo designer, but he always makes them within the context of the brand. And as we teach inside the intensives portion of the No BS Agency Mastery Program, we actually completely flip the process on its head. The way we used to do it, and how I'm sure a lot of people listening do it, is that we used to start with the logo. And over many years, we've developed a process where we actually do the logo last. And the reason we do it last is because it needs to come from the brand, right? The logo mark in and of itself isn't going to embody everything about a brand. And if we want it to be the essence of a brand, we kind of have to figure out the whole brand first. So these days, we don't do the logo until the very end of the project. So we did the process as we normally do. Steve did the branding process and he did the logo process. The logos he came up with were very nice. They were gorgeous. They were awesome. But they were very simple. Like some of them were very simple. Some of them were more complex and they had different layers going on. And that's a story for another day um, about how we talk about logos and, and pitch logos to clients and present them and all of that. But suffice it to say, the logo that the client ended up choosing was a very tasteful logo that was very, very simple. It's the kind of logo that I think the client would have had a very hard time, impossible even, time choosing in the 99designs format. And the reason partially that she was so excited and confident in choosing this logo instead of how insecure she was about looking at all these other logos from 99designs, I don't think it was just because the designs were so much better. I think it was because of the relationship that we had and what she was coming to us for and she was coming to us as experts. So we were guiding her to this logo. Not only did we guide her to the logo that made sense for her, we told her you can't have you can't get a logo that's going to make sense for you unless we do a complete rebrand, right? So we completely flipped the script in her eyes about what this process should be like, and then we took her by the hand and led her through a process as experts in which she wasn't the one dictating how it works. And that's why we were able to charge $35,000 for that project instead of what 99designs would charge for maybe a logo that looks very similar to this, which I don't even know what 99designs charges, maybe a couple hundred bucks. The difference is that we weren't hired to execute her vision. If we had been hired to execute her vision as freelancers, we would have only been worth 
some sort of hourly rate. And what would have happened, as I'm sure many of you have experienced, we would have probably made a bunch of logos, is what we used to do, pitch her a bunch of logos and have her say, okay, let me see this one. I like this one. Can you play with this? Can you, she'd probably bring a whole bunch of ideas to the table. Can you try this concept? Can you maybe play with the idea of a pen? Can you maybe play with the idea of a paintbrush? You know, whatever it is. When a client is telling you those specifics, usually it's because the relationship is that you are a hired outsourced employee. You are a freelancer there to execute the client's vision. If you want to charge more and if you want to charge based on value, where the hourly rate comes out to something closer to $500 or $1,000 an hour, not because you're charging hourly, but because that's what it equates to once you do the math, right? You divide the amount you get paid by the number of hours you work. If you want to charge on that level, you've got to start showing up as an expert, position yourself as an expert. And that not only requires you to obviously be more expert at your craft, but I bet you do have a lot of expertise. So it's not that you aren't expert, it's that you're not positioning yourself as an expert. Positioning yourself as an expert is about bringing that process to the table, bringing that strategic thinking, telling a client how it should go, and then walking them through that process. Hey guys, I wanted to jump in here really quickly and ask you for a little favor. If you are loving this episode, please just take 30 seconds and leave it a review right now. Reviews help other people find us so that we can help more people know BS their agencies. I thank you in advance for your help. All right, back to the show. As you transition from pitching yourself as a freelancer to positioning yourself as an expert, really that is part of the transition into thinking of yourself as a business. And thinking of yourself as a business goes hand in hand with presenting yourself with expertise. Expertise is communicated through having process, through having a proven process that you take all of your clients through to get a specific outcome. And it's reliable. That's what people pay more money for. They, they pay for a reliable outcome. And one of the ways to be seen as an expert is to position yourself and your offers as a way to get to a desired outcome as opposed to hiring you as a skilled freelancer. Now, this transition can take time, especially if you've never really seen yourself as that, if you've always pitched yourself in this hourly way. But one of the first things you can do is you can start to implement the lead product process to do this. For those of you who haven't been listening that long, a lead product is what we do in the NoBS agency uh, model, where instead of writing proposals and pitching for free, we actually sell a lead product up front to anybody who's interested in working with us for a no-brainer price, and we use that engagement to build authority and trust with the client such that at the end of it, they are very likely to hire us for the full project. And the reason we do this and the reason this is so effective is because it is the stepping stone to transitioning from a freelancer to an expert in the eyes of the prospect. So before you do a lead product with someone, You've probably experienced this. You've written a proposal for somebody and then they come back to you and they say, oh, it's too much or can you take this out or, you know, think about it. If you're writing a proposal for somebody and you spec it out and you put the hours or you put the you know price and then they say it's too much or they ask if you can take this and this out, who's in control of that process? The client is, 
right? The client is dictating what you're going to do. The client is telling you how much they want to pay, right? They're probably looking at this deliverables list and they're looking at the price and they're figuring out if they want to pay that for that amount of work. So they're tying it to an hourly rate, even if you're not. And they're looking for you to adjust to what they're requesting, so all the makings of a freelancer, right? They're, you're executing their vision, you're paying, they're paying you an hourly rate, and they're the ones who are right. The reason the lead product process flips the relationship on its head is because now you are saying to them, I have a process from the very beginning. I have a process, and this is the first step. So already you're letting them know that you are more of an expert and you're in more of an expert position. Then you take somebody through the lead product process, which further demonstrates to them and has them experience that you are an expert because in the lead product process, we ask questions and we formulate a plan for them. So now we are saying to a client, I know you have a list of deliverables that you think you want from me, but after I ask you all these questions, I might actually say that you need these things instead. And that happens all the time. We have so many people in my program who post, you know, client came to me for X, Y, and Z. And after we did the lead product, they also needed A, B, and C. And this project just tripled in price. Much like the example I just gave became a $35,000 rebrand when they really just thought that they wanted a logo. So again, just because somebody comes to us as freelancers doesn't mean that that is where we need to stay. If you take control of the process, you show them you have a process, and then you use a process like the lead product to demonstrate your expertise um, and take them through a tried and true process that gets them an outcome, you will prove to them and have them see that you are in more of an expert position. And once you do that, you can pitch them a project that's based on value. The price is based on value and it has nothing to do with the hourly rate. And the reason that they're going to see that value and equate it with the price that you have instead of picking it apart is because in that lead product process, you have demonstrated to them why they need all of these things and what they're going to get in the end. So again, like connecting the project deliverables to the outcome they're going to get. And when they see the outcome that they want with a price next to it, that's how you charge based on value. So if you find that you are stuck at a certain price point and you can't charge more, if you find that every time you pitch somebody your prices, they never seem to have enough money. Or when you work with clients, they're always changing things or they're always asking you you know, to do it a certain way or they're dictating the whole process. Chances are you are positioning yourself and presenting yourself as a freelancer. And the surest way to get out of that rut is to start to think of yourself and pitch yourself as an expert. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'll be back next week with more no BS tips for your agency so you can find more profit, ease, and freedom. The No BS Agency podcast is produced by Yellow House Media. Coordinator is Lou Blazer. This episode is edited by Marty Seafelt. Creative direction by Sean and Tara McMullen. Our theme music is Knock 'em Down by The Shrugs.